0: I understand how alone you can feel and how you can feel that you're the only person who feels these negative emotions. But I'm sitting here telling you that, yes, I felt those. And you are not alone. And there are so many people out there that love you. And that is one thing that I wish my cousin who committed suicide at 17 years old would have seen how many people were at her funeral and how many people loved her and how many lives she impacted not only from her friends and families but from schools she competed against from her school, from schools in, through Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania. and her story was just impactful. And so you may feel like you're alone, but please believe me that you are not alone and people out there love you.
1: This is the Athlete Mindset Podcast hosted by Lisa Bontasumi, and it's all about mental health in sports. This podcast is presented and produced by Sports Epreneur, part of the Source Network. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. I am Eric Kazmop, the founder of Source and the creator of Sports Epreneur. And we're hosting the Athlete Mindset Podcast on this platform as I deeply believe these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. If you would like to be featured on this show or one of our many other shows, or if you're looking to create your own content, please reach out to us. You can find us at sportse.io or you can connect Connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Lisa Bontasumi is a psychotherapist and mental performance consultant to high-performing athletes at the youth, collegiate, and professional levels. She's the first ever mental health and performance coach for Oakland Roots SC, a men's professional soccer team in the USL. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Ath Mindset, and she's the host of this podcast, Athlete Mindset.
2: So today I have the absolute pleasure to be talking to Allison Schmidt. Oh my God. You might know her as a professional swimmer. I know her in lots of other ways, but like, we're going to talk about all that. So what's up, Allison? Hi, great to talk to you. It's great to talk to you. Great to talk to you in this format, which is different for us.
0: Yes, it really is. Well, it's <laughs> kind of different. We love conversation. so I feel like this is... Up both of our alleys.
2: (laughs) Yes, we love conversation and we love looking at each other on the screen. So that we are doing as well here while we talk. But as I said, Allison Schmidt is a professional swimmer. She's also a World Olympic and Pan American champion. She's competed in four Olympic Games, has earned 10 Olympic medals, four gold, three silver, and three bronze. And she started swimming back when she was 10 like competitively like it's amazing so that's how I'm introducing her but I want to ask like first of all how does it feel to hear all that stuff oh it's definitely crazy
0: to hear that I I love sport and I'm so passionate about it I'm so grateful for all the opportunities and avenues it's led me down but I also didn't ever think I was going to be a swimmer (laughs) I was that kid that played Every sport possible. And when people asked me who I looked up to as a little kid, my sport figure that I looked up to was Mia Hamm. Because... What? Let's go! Mia Hamm. Yes, (laughs) Yes, right? Soccer. Soccer! (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I thought I was going to be the next Mia Hamm. I had Mia Hamm everything, Barbie dolls, all the kind of Mia Hamm stuff I had. But that obviously... Didn't work out how I thought it'd be, but here I am in the swimming world.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think everyone, including me and Ham, would be pretty impressed how things have gone for you. (laughs) You know, tell us how you chose swimming or did swimming choose you or what that journey was like early on as a young girl?
0: Swimming kind of chose me. Well, I guess I got into it first. So we got into, there's five of us, so I'm the middle child of five, and my parents Uh, swimming is the only sport that is a life skill so shout out to all the swimmers and (laughs) my parents really wanted to make sure we were water safe as we went to the beach every summer and so around five years old we were all in swim lessons but when I was nine almost ten my older sister who's two and a half years almost three years older than me she swam because she didn't like contact sports and as a middle class, child i definitely wanted to do every sport everyone else did make sure i was not left out in on any realm and that's what got me into swimming and i spent my time between at that point i think it was that season was between swimming soccer and track and field and i went to practice maybe two or three times a week which any swimmers listening to this know that it's like a full time job even as a little kid in swimming. So I was not really welcomed into the swimming community, I feel like.
2: Why? Why do you say that? You weren't welcomed? What do you mean?
0: I was more I liked soccer more and soccer okay. was three times a week and so I never missed the soccer practice. Mm-hmm. But because swimming six times a week, I would go three times a week to the swim practice. And so oh, I, nice. I didn't get as close with the girls or the kids on the team. Yeah, so then on my last meet, it was a championships meet, and this girl talked to me there. One of the girls on the team, and her name is Monica. But at the time, at ten years old, I had never heard the name Monica, and I was just so excited to be friends with this girl. I got in the car after the meet, and I told my sister I made a friend, and she asked me what her name was, and I said I have no idea, but it starts with an M. And she said, well, some friend she is, you don't even know her name. I went back to, I signed up for the swim team again, just so I could figure out this girl's name. And um, our parents really made us commit. If we could, we're going to sign up, we could sign up for any sport we wanted, but if we signed up, we had to commit to that season. So I committed to that season, went back found out this girl's name was Monica. We became best friends. We're still really best friends to this day. And that's kind of how I found swimming.
2: (laughs) Wow. That's a cool story. And it doesn't surprise me that it comes back to like relationships, people, like the sport is the way to connect or something you can do together. And if it wasn't for Monica, who knows what would have happened? Yes.
0: I'm huge about relationships and Everyone always says how swimming's an individualized sport, and yes, no one else is really in your lane at your time, but I think it's such a team sport, and I know that I wouldn't have made it this far in swimming. I wouldn't have got up for the 5 a.m. practices. I wouldn't be doing 40 hours a week of practice if it wasn't for them, and so definitely for me, it's a team sport, and finding that connection with your teammates, which At the end of the day, at the meet, I feel like I'm always more excited watching them and cheering on them than I am for my own races.
2: Mm, Yeah, that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah, like just because you don't compete together doesn't mean you're not a team. And, you know, you need each other when, you know, you're not in the water. That's kind of almost the, even if you're on a relay, you know, it's that part. Yeah. Tell me about... Your journey at the world Olympic and Pan American levels. Like, what, if you were just to pause right now, like, what's one or two like stories that come from that journey? Like, a moment of like when you maybe pinched yourself and were like, wait a minute, I'm here right now? Or share with us, like, just sort of the insight of your brain about like what went on during some moments of those times.
0: Wow, that's a hard question. I mean, wow, I feel like. When you first asked that question, the first thing that comes to my mind are funny stories I had with teammates.
3: Uh-huh. Tell us and- one. Tell us one. You'll have to name names. you don't have to name names, but-, <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell us one or two.
0: <laughs> I remember in 2012 Olympics, we, me and my roommate were pranksters, or so we called ourselves pranksters. And we would always try and pull these tricks on people because we thought it was funny at the hotel or at the olympic village and a few Mm -hmm. of them that we did we one of them was we put water in a trash can and put it leaned it against the door so that when you open the door it it completely soaked the inside of the room oh my gosh (laughs) wow Kids,
2: wow. Maybe don't try that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't try that at home or in your hotel, kids out there. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um,
0: we also, I remember they had these big box uh, village messages, shipped a bunch of stuff there for other sports because in the village, every team is in the same village. And so mm-hmm. it's basically a dorm room of all USA. And we, sat at the elevator in these little boxes and so when we would hear the ding of the door opening, we would jump out and scare people. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how we entertained ourselves.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There was time to be passed and that's how you chose it. Oh my gosh. The Olympic village, what is that really what's that like for an athlete? Like what are the things that you remember about being in the Olympic village after, you know, four Olympic games?
3: It is it's a dorm.
0: Anyone who's been to college or yes. lived in the dorm experience understands what that dorm experience is. But it's a dorm filled with hundreds and thousands of athletes. Yes. And it is so cool to be walking through the village and eating at the dining hall with all these other athletes who have a completely different story than you, a completely different. Past than you and but we're all united by sport and so I think that's the coolest part about it because we come from all these different backgrounds different sports all these different aspects but we all have the common the commonality of sport
2: mm. that's interesting yeah I was thinking about the dorm experience but it's A lot more of a sort of diverse and like dynamic interaction because people come from all over the world and you guys are Olympic athletes. There's a certain kind of, I mean, y'all are kind of like not normal. I don't want to say that, but like (laughs) there's a way that you have to approach life to compete at the level that you are. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying when I say that?
0: Yeah, it's a different type of people. Obviously, Mm The brain wiring or something in that brain is a little bit so called different mm-hmm. to get you to that level. And so, yes, it's pretty amazing to be in the same vicinity of so many people like you and from all over the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. That's so cool. So, so cool. And as a young person, right. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. Yes, I would definitely say it's not I went to University of Georgia where we had these amazing dorms and own bedrooms that we shared a bathroom with one person. We had a kitchen and a living room. Our Olympic dorms are not that glamorous. And <laughs> it's basically a one twin mattress, two twin mattresses in a room where I remember in two thousand eight I could reach my hands and touched the wall to my toes touching the wall and that's that was the size of our bedroom and two people stayed in it. so it's not that glamorous even though you would think so
2: <laughs> right i'm surprised by that but also you're tall and your wingspan is big and your legs are long so like that might not be as small as people <laughs> think <laughs> but yeah the that fact that you can't yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i introduced you in the way I did. But how do you describe yourself now? Like, who is Allison? How do you describe yourself?
0: Well, that could go so many different avenues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Depends on my setting. But I'm still a professional athlete. And I have such a passion in sport, such a passion in female health, and such a passion Mm -hmm. in mental health. This is the first time that I'm able to describe myself as an MSW as I graduated this
2: past May. And Congratulations! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. MSW Master in Social Work. You have your graduate degree, a master's degree. Unbelievable.
0: Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for helping me on that journey.
2: Yeah. So- a long one. <laughs> yeah, we let's talk about that. That is how we met. And so this is the interesting part. So I was a field placement supervisor, Arizona State University, and I had been going on my second semester with it. And so when I meet with the student, I also meet with their faculty advisor. And the faculty advisor I had that time was learning about like what I do and math mindset. She's like, Oh, you have to meet Allison Schmidt. I'm like, okay, cool. She's a, you know, an athlete and she, she's a swimmer and she went to the Olympics and she is in our program. And I think she'd really benefit from your internship. I was like, cool. And like, I didn't really know what else to say because she's talking about that in front of the other student. I'm like, ah, Richard, like, you know, and so later she emailed me. She's like, no, I'm serious. And so fast forward, I have the honor and privilege and so much fun Being able to supervise you, Allison, for the last semester of your MSW program. and It was so fun and great. And you're you're just a great learner, enthusiastic, passionate. It was just fun. Great.
0: Thank you. I thought it was a lot of fun, too. So I love hearing you say that. And I appreciate all your insight and knowledge. Um, I know I may be a so-called master in swimming, but I'm open to so much. Anything out there that can give me knowledge, and I'm open minded to learning anything. So I appreciate you accepting me as a student and teaching me the ways because I loved working with you and I love that mindset. And my goal is just to help people. And I know that yours aligning in the same stars has helped a lot with our learning process.
2: For sure. For sure. And I think like you said at the beginning of this, like we love having conversations. We love to talk. We love to (laughs) relate and build relationships, including our own. But as a former like World Olympic Pan-American champion, professional swimmer still, what led you down the MSW route? Why the MSW? Well, this is a great story. How much time do we have on this? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Unlimited. Unlimited.
0: (laughs) Uh, my whole life I wanted to be in a profession that helped people Mm -hmm. I thought that early on I thought it was kinesiology until I figured out you have to take all these sciences I was like I love math but not science (laughs) (laughs) true true. (laughs) then that turned into I was going to be a teacher and I wanted to do early education in college being a student and an athlete I wasn't able to do it the internships that the other students were able to do. So I actually majored in psychology and minored in childhood and family development. Mm-hmm. My goal was to, when I finished swimming, to go and get my teaching degree for six months after I had my my bachelor's degree and then be a teacher. So in 2015, May 5th, 2015, I was 25 years old. I guess I was 24, almost 25 years old. And our family's life was kind of flipped upside down as I got the news that my 17-year-old cousin, who had, a week after her birthday was going on play Division One basketball, and she had committed suicide. And so that really gave me a different outlook on life. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I, like I said, I knew I always wanted to help people and being at her funeral, obviously funerals aren't easy for anyone or aren't uh-huh. fun, but being at her funeral, I knew this one was different. Like I've always been a complete mess at funerals, even if I don't know the person, like my neighbor's grandma, I went to her funeral and I had to be carried out. I've never met the lady. I had to be carried out one time. Oh, Wow.
3: I, I, Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So I go to April's funeral, and I just knew, like, in my heart, this isn't over. Her story's not over. We need to start talking about this, and we need to allow everyone that it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to not speak about it. You're strong to reach out. That's not a weakness. Mm
3: -hmm. Being
0: vulnerable is a superpower. And so. During that time, about a month later, at the end of May, I went to a swim meet, which was one of our series meets leading up to our trials, and I spoke about my experience with mental health as well as my family's experience and April's experience, and so that kind of started the ball of speaking about mental health uh, Mm. for you, spoke about it, and Mm. I can speak on my experience. I love speaking about it. I love talking to groups about it. I can speak a lot on my own experience, but being able to go back to school and know the real science behind it and mm. the real education behind it has helped me speak better about it as well as helping others in their journeys.
2: No, that's great. I Thank you for sharing. I mean... These sort of pivotal moments in our in our lives can shape the rest of our lives. You were 15. She was 17. I was
3: 25.
2: You were 25. You were 25. Yeah. She, Pardon me. Me. Yeah. yeah. And so at 25, that's when you started being open about your own story, her story. Yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your story? Yeah.
3: So I began the feeling different. I think that's how mm-hmm. I would describe it. I, mm-hmm. Ever
0: since a kid, I knew that I was different. I felt a lot more than other people mm-hmm. and really take their emotions on. Mm-hmm. At 22, coming back from 2012 Olympics, of course, it's a time to celebrate and... For me, and I'm very conscious about this. I mean, I'm the kid that at 10 years old didn't want to turn 10 years old because I felt like I was growing up too fast. <laughs> so ah. I'm a very conscious person. And so at 22, when I was celebrating and I understand it's not just me, it's everyone around me who supported me, who made sacrifices with me on this journey. And I wanted to celebrate with them. I came back with more success at the Olympics than I could have ever imagined. And a lot of People just in a piece. It was great because I had their support throughout the Olympics. The hardest part about that for me was people were scared of me. So I love hearing people's story and I love that connection in the communication with other people. But they would whisper, I'd hear whispering of, oh, there's Alison Schmidt or just like, can we have a picture? And like run off or you must be so lucky. I can't believe how this would feel. And they were telling me how I should feel or
3: should be feeling. Uh,
0: and right. I didn't want to say I felt grateful. I, I was very grateful for the success. I was very grateful for everything in my life. So I didn't want to express anything so-called negative, quote-unquote uh-huh. negative, or what uh-huh. was negative, because I thought that was just me complaining. Kind of... I'd put a smile on when I was with people. I'd let them touch the medals, take pictures, whatever they wanted to do. And then when I was by myself, I just kept isolating and going into a deeper hole. And at this point, I would be skipping practices. I would not be answering my phone. I was very irritable. At one point, I remember, because I lived with three other girls, I remember driving my car to the front so they wouldn't know my car was there, and I hid inside my closet in college just so I could be alone and cry and not have to explain anything to anyone, Mm. Mm. and so I continued down that path because I was embarrassed to speak about it and thought that it was complaining until. January of 2015 so the same year that my cousin committed suicide mm-hmm. I had a complete breakdown at a swim meet in January where I remember it was the 100 freestyle and my suit broke my suit ripped which suits rip all the time in swimming but it ripped and I just snapped and I put on my normal practice suit so not the racing suit and Bob said something to me about, like, oh, you're not put on a race suit. And I remember snapping at him. And he was like, okay, like, do what you want to do. <laughs> I was
3: just like, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: oh, and I remember snapping at him. And then later in the meet, in the 400-meter freestyle, I visibly gave up and just stopped trying in the race. And mm-hmm. when I walked over to the coaches, the coaches were there and... Michael was there where he looked at me and he wasn't competing at that time because he was on a ban with USA swimming, but he looked at me, and he said, Hey, if you need help with anything, let me know. If like you want me to help or you want me to help you find help, I'm here for you. And at that uh-huh. point I broke down and started crying on deck and sat there for the next two, two and a half hours talking To them about how I was feeling and when I went back from that meet four days later I went to my first psychologist and I had a positive experience with her I guess rewind a few years two years before that I did have a negative experience with psychologists when I walked in and the psychologist said to me well why don't you just quit I was like, well that's not
2: really right, right,
0: right, right. right. So I don't know if you've seen the movie Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan, but (laughs) that's my (laughs) picture of what a psychologist was is when someone just sits there behind the clipboard and says, Well, how do you feel about that? Well, how do you feel about that? So Mm. those fine. I was had a negative perception, but luckily that changed and I still to this day speak to uh, psychologist, and absolutely love the tools that it has given me. And I am a huge believer in continuing that conversation even when I feel great.
2: Mm. Yeah, you've said a lot there. And first of all, I just want to say thank you for opening up and sharing your story. I mean, I think that the fact that you can and want to and know that it helps people is, is extremely valuable. And I know it is. Anybody who's listening to it right this right now and sharing like, oh, I was listening to that ep- podcast episode with Allison Schmidt and she talked about this is like, really, really can save a life. I mean, literally. So thank you for being so open. I mean, you've touched on a bunch of different things. I think oh, that, you. yes, you're so welcome. I think that the experience of the, uh, Sort of the high level athlete in the public eye, like you have been, can be so isolating. At the same time, it's almost like everyone knows me, but no one really knows me. You know, it's like there's a public perception and a public kind of view that people have because they have access to you. They can come up to you now in the days of social media. They can look at your stuff, message you, blah, blah, blah. But like you don't have privacy. You don't have those moments where you feel like you can just be yourself, be a human, be, you know, have your own experience that doesn't have to be sort of putting it on for people. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely, I think is a key part of finding those people that you can be yourself with. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I credit my friends, my family, my boyfriend, and being that support for me because i know that there's times when i might take something out on them not purposely but they take it with stride and instead of taking it personally really understand where i'm coming from or where that stems from and supporting me in that aspect instead of matching my heightened emotions
2: yes yes And them learning you and you teaching them about you and how you are and being able to come back and have a conversation after maybe a moment of like upset is super important. I mean, you mentioned Bob and Michael, you know, you're speaking of Bob Bowman and Michael Phelps in that moment. I think the fact that you were able to talk, start to talk about it even before you finished your sport, like you hadn't, it's not like something you held on your breath and then like after I retire, then I can talk about it. Like you were able to actually start the process. Michael saw something in you that probably seemed familiar or like it was attuned somehow that like, oh, Allison could probably use an ear right now. And to offer that was all that you needed. It was almost like permission. It sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. I've never really Mm. heard it in the term. And so to hear Mm. that as permission is completely accurate because it kind Mm. of gave me a sense of, okay, I'm not going through this alone. Other people can notice this and I can get
2: support from other people.
0: I guess all my guards are down and fine. Yes, I do
3: need help.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And that he saw it. I mean, I think, you know, you try so hard, someone in your positions try so hard to, to, like you said, just be happy, be positive and to be negative means you're complaining. But I mean, I think, again, there's something he saw in you. And to ask the question was like, oh, I don't have to put my guard up. I'm not hiding anything. He sees it anyway. So let me just, you know. So, <laughs> right. I mean, talk to me about your relationship with Michael Phelps.
0: So we have been teammates since 2006. And he really has taken me under his wing since the moment I was a 15, 16-year-old mm. kids as uh, They were postgraduate. He was five years older than me. And he was the closest age to me in that group. And he's definitely become a brother to me. And we're family, not blood-related family, but the chosen family. Yes. I have absolutely loved our whole journey. And even now, spending time with his wife and kids, it's been an absolute blessing to See the, the path that we have gone on and to mm-hmm. be a part of each other's path.
2: Yes. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. How has he helped you, supported you, been an ally with you as a mental health advocate? Because you both identify as, as that. How has that, I mean, you swim together, you're teammates, you're chosen family, but there's also this passion and commitment to mental health and breaking the stigma and having conversations. How do you think that's impacted your relationship?
0: Yes, it started with an understanding, an understanding Mm. together
3: we're going for this goal. Obviously, everyone has their own goals, but you together are working towards those goals.
0: And so having that common understanding and then
3: the experiences that
0: so many of us have experienced not only in swimming but in other sports of pushing through. And that's not well that's not only pushing to your past, your physical capacity, but also your mental capacity.
3: Mm-hmm. And now
0: standing up and understanding that you can accomplish so much without going under such mental scrutiny. And so mm-hmm. to understand that you can be a voice for those athletes to not go through such the lows that we've been through and help out those athletes and hopefully save a life in the process. It's definitely both of our passions to spread that awareness and allow others to know that they're not going through
3: this alone.
2: No, it's so important and so important and for people to know that People like you, like Michael Phelps, can also struggle and be open about their humanity just encourages others to do the same. It's really just super, super impactful and valuable. I think that I'm excited for what's ahead. You are an ATH Mindset intern, and we are going to make an announcement soon about your... Affiliation, your position here on Ath Mindset now after you have your MSW. And I'm excited to make that public when you and I are ready. There's more to come and there's more people to help and there's more stories to tell. And so I'm excited that we met under the circumstances and that now we are continuing to grow our relationship and build and grow together in the work. And I'm excited for what's to come. I think as we wind down our time today, I realized that we were connected before we even realized we were connected back in 2021. We were interviewed on the, for the same article in Teen Vogue. I was like reading that later. I was like, wait, Allison, you're almost two? I was like rereading it <laughs> for some reason. Someone asked me to cite it or do this, whatever. I was like, what, like 2021? Like, so, <laughs> you know, it's all meant to be. That's the way I see it. We're coming kind of full circle and taking it to the next level. I have one more question for you before we say goodbye this time. To that younger Allison, the Allison who, you know, was searching for those private moments, was in your closet, just trying to hear yourself think, trying to, you know, find a place where you could be with your emotions. Like, what would you say to her now?
3: Oh, good question. I would say uh, reach out.
2: Mm.
0: That's the hardest step. But it is the most rewarding step. And it is the first step on that road to recovery. There's still going to be ups and downs on that road. I would love if it was a flat road all downhill. (laughs) But as we know, we are humans on this earth. And there's curves and hills that we have to go. But to reach out and to really find those support system that Mm -hmm. you can trust and feel at home with because this is who we have to live with. Ourselves Mm -hmm. are who we have to live with. So if we can create a home within our own bodies and feel safe with those that we allow
3: into our true home is the biggest goal that I feel like anyone could have
2: no that's amazing and so so important reach out you know Allison Schmidt and all of her accolades and accomplishments is you don't have to be alone in your emotions be able to know that receiving help and talking about it can actually prevent depression it can prevent feeling suicidal having ideas of suicide dying by suicide, it can prevent that if you allow yourself to lean in and lean on. And I think that like, that's the best thing I've heard in a long time. And I'm so happy for you to share it, to reach out, reach out. You don't have to do anything alone. So Allison, thank you so yes. much for your time. This is one of, of many of our conversations and more to come. I'm just excited, yes. just really appreciative of you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. I, Love your messaging. I love talking to you. And let's keep changing the game.
2: Let's keep doing it. Appreciate you. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you.
1: Athlete Mindset is part of the Source Podcast Network. At Source, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're growing this one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you by searching Source on your social media app of choice. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one of a kind podcast network. The Source Podcast Network.